Hello and welcome to another edition of our Saba City Happy Hour Tastings. Everyone, Marshall Ferguson from Canadian Football Perspective and of course the CFL on TSN. Another big weekend, week number 13 in the CFL coming at you. And uh, I am very fortunate this week to have the call of the BC Lions in Toronto on Saturday afternoon to take on the Toronto Argonauts. There's lots to be decided in that one. If you are looking for some great beer to enjoy the Argos tailgate, which by the way, is a thing. Uh, they do have a tailgate. There are proud Argos tailgaters, and you can, of course, pick some up from the LCBO. And if you're doing so, get it from Sada City Beer, okay? Because we want you to enjoy some Sada City Beer. And so to give you another fresh idea on all things Sada City and what they have available in their lineup today, we are joined by the brewmaster and co-founder, Sam Corbet. As always, Sam, uh, you just told me that you were crawling through the freezer, uh, doing inventory. What, what were you inventorizing? We were, well, I was doing hops and uh, some extracts and stuff. It's year end for us on Sunday. Uh, so uh, when the brew week ends, because we're not doing it in the weekend, we can get it done on Friday, which is good. We don't have to come in and do that midnight count yes. to make sure everything. So, so that, that's an upside, but standing in the fridge counting boxes of hops isn't exactly fun. But hey, it's, got, it's a necessary evil. Part of the business. And I also, I would imagine at some point uh, in your life working in brewing that there have been inventory nights where it's like, hey, we have a little bit of this kicking around. Would you like to yeah. en- enjoy it while we count? This was in the fridge right beside where I was <laughs> Like, this is easy. Here we go. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a nice segue. Excellent. And this uh, that he just referenced is flap doodle. Flap doodle is what we have in front of us. To- yeah. what, the, what the hell is a flap doodle? Well, flap doodle is uh, is nonsense. It's a it's a British word for nonsense. And if you read the side, there's a there's a number of different words for nonsense. And when we initially had the name of the beer, um, it would we had a different name, and then we thought it might not work out because of reasons that exist in the world today. It wasn't bad. It was just questioning on the on, on the borderline. And we're like, you know what? It's crazy, but let's not. It's kind of nonsense. And then I thought, yeah. what's another word for nonsense? And then I literally Googled all the words for nonsense that like British people have, like claptrap or or cod swallop. <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of them, but those ones were already taken. There was already beer names with those. So I'm like, I guess we're going with flapdoodle. Uh, absurd and foolish things we say when talking absolute bull with each other. Uh, and what better way to enjoy this treasured pastime than by bellying up to the bar and jibber jabbering on about absolutely nothing as a delicious over a delicious pint uh, of ale. So that's part of what's on the side of flap doodle. Now, honest question from a beer lover, but a bit of a beer idiot, which is why I enjoy these conversations. Uh, I've always seen ESBs as being kind of like their, their own kind of thing, right? English special bitters. Is there a difference between an English special bitter and an English best bitter? Like, is there any? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, okay. There's there's varying degrees of bitters. I mean, you can start with a mild, there's like dark milds and ordinary milds, and then you have your bitters and your best bitters and your extra special bitters. Um, we don't do a lot of British styles and it's net and out of like the pantheon of styles and, and country origins of beer in the world. Uh, Britain is actually one we've done the least amount of really? style. It's also because it's the one place I haven't been hmm. myself personally. And like, I, I think I've said in the past, like, not having experienced it, it makes it more difficult to really understand a style. You got to know where it's from to really get it. It feels like you're kind of, you know, faking the funk if you're not actually from there. Right. So uh, these are our first kicks of the can in a few different British styles. Um, you know, I, I, I'd love to get over there. I haven't been there since I was five. I mean, I did live there for a year, but 
I certainly wasn't drinking any beers at the bar. <laughs> I I, I want to, you know, learn more about it. So, you know, you sort of start with just eking into the style. Last year we did flat doodle, but it was more of a blonde bitters. Uh, this year we wanted to change it up a bit and play with a little bit more dark malts uh, to give it more of that pub feeling, just a nice, yeah. nice ale. like something to sit down and just enjoy. Like it's four and a half percent. Not even four and a half, it's 4.4. 4. Um, lots going on. And we had a new hop from our friends at Charles Ferrum that we were trying out called Most. Um, it kind of gives it a nice berry flavor, I would say, like a red fruit, which works mm-hmm. well with the, the caramelized malts. There's a lot going on for a 4.4% beer. And it's the kind that you can enjoy all day. And on a fall afternoon, just sit back or after counting inventory and have a, a yeah party. yeah absolutely I, I appreciate when you say there's a lot going on because you're I, I do get a little bit of that red berry kind of taste on the on the tip of the tongue and the the coloration of it as well as for anybody who's watching the youtube version of our interview here you can see that it's got kind of like that that darkish hue but it's not a blonde right it's got a little bit more of that maltiness character and color to it but it is it does have almost like the almost like a little little tiny tint of like an ambery type uh yeah. of, of look to it when you're kind of going through it um yeah it's it's uh it's unique for sure and the thing that jumped out to me and this is i say this a lot i feel like in these interviews but super super smooth and I, so i looked at the ibu on the size 30 all right so it's it's pretty low and enjoyable and uh the smoothness of it was the thing that jumped out to me the most on top of just enjoying kind of the flavor and the character notes yeah we actually lagered it for a while yeah because we were going to dry hop it and then i didn't it, if the most hops are actually pretty potent um, we didn't add a lot but they really came out and we were supposed to dry up and i'm like i don't want to mess this it would have just tasted too hoppy and hmm. british beers are very balanced there's not they're like at least traditional british style beers are very balanced and they're meant to be consumed in in the plenty so like if if it's too hoppy then it you know it kind of cuts into the drinkability of the beer so you want to so we didn't so we ended up just like dry like letting it sit and cool uh at zero for a while which helps mellow everything out and i think that it's you know it's a very drinkable beer you know while you're sitting around if you're barbecuing or you're making some food or you're just hanging out on the couch on sunday watching football this is a great tailgating beer because it's not gonna interfere with the third quarter at all i mean you got a while to go on this one yeah yeah absolutely and i uh, i would also say that um you know when when I've had beers before, and there's been occasional times, Sam, where I've gone to the LCBO, and I've told you this before, I love Formula One, so sometimes I'll go to the LCBO, and if it's the British Grand Prix that weekend, I'm like, well, I'm just going to buy English beers, and and I'll go there, and I, I never really know what truly characterizes the British beer genre or a brand but i just kind of pick and choose and sometimes i get like a banana bread beer from over here or sometimes i get you know usually it's kind of like malty a little bit darker but it's never really heavy and it's never really high percentage is that fair as a characterization of, of kind of what they have to offer they do like a lot of them are in the lower like you know miles can start as low as three you know the bitters can be anywhere from four to six. ESBs are sometimes a little bit higher. And I think one of the unfortunate things that has happened at the LCBO in the last couple of years is that when I first started drinking craft beer, there used to be a plethora of British beers, really top-notch British beers that you could get. So I kind of like I when I was beginning craft beer drinking, I was drinking these British imports. And I remember there was a time where I was like, I'm so sick of these. And then then now that they're gone, I'm like, man, I wish we had those. Like every once in a while, London's full full uh, London's Pride, Fuller's London Pride will come back. Um, they used to have the ESB there as well. Those used to be staples, and they're not here there now. 
Um, and every every seasonal there always used to be some nice British beers that would come over. I, they just seem to not be there anymore. I don't know if that's got to do with, you know, the shipping container issues around the world, whether the pandemic slowed down uh, exporting from Britain. But over the last couple of years, they've just sort of evaporated from the shelf. There's a couple there. You can get some of the rubies from the Hobgoblin. Um, there's a couple that you can, but nothing like they used to be. I uh, personally, I like to blame the Suez Canal for everything and anything at this point. Um, I just, it's, that's my go-to. Even when I don't know what I'm talking about, I just blame the Suez Canal and hope that nobody knows where the Suez Canal is or that it might have any impact on that. But uh, but I, I would also say that when you're talking about you know English beers, British beers, um, that having it have that pub feel to it is really important. I actually watched a story on 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago. You and I have talked about 60 Minutes before and how much we yeah. love Andy Rooney and all the rest. But um, I saw a story on uh, basically an elderly couple that are living, I believe it was in the UK, and they've got an old, you know, tiny town in the countryside in England, and they run a pub and they don't have cell phones. They don't know what social media is. They don't have cable. They don't show sports there. It's a garden in the back where they've got some tables and on the inside they sell beer. And the, the whole premise of the story was we are what we've always been and we will always be what we are going to be because we love what we are. And, and the idea of that really, I do think applies to a lot of British beers from the outside looking in. Yeah. Well, it, it, their pub culture is certainly much different than ours and it's, it's very rooted in history. And um, I think one of the things that we don't understand like as Canadians, I think we do, it's like 75% of the beer we consume is at home and 25% away. It could even be larger gap than mm. that, but it's the opposite in, in the UK. Most of the beer is consumed out of home and they go there. It's, you're part of an extended family when you're at the pub and it's a place you feel comfortable at, the people you talk to, the conversations, the meals you have. And if you were drinking beers that were eight, 9%, your conversations wouldn't last very long. <laughs> You know, they might get a little heated a little quicker. So they, these beers are meant to be communal and you can enjoy them and they're not getting in the way of your, your day and talking and enjoying the afternoon at the pub. Like, and it's something I don't think we've ever really, pub culture is not something that we've really embraced here in Canada. It's there and you go to the bar, but like as a young person, the bar was someplace you went at night yeah. and you come home. It wasn't a place you'd go to, you know, over there, sometimes I go on Christmas and Christmas Eve to spend it because that's their extended family. That, that would be verboten here. Like, that would never happen. So, um, it's, you know, it's it's different. And I think that not having been there during my beer making experience, I think that's something I feel I can't bring to the table when I make this beer because I don't really understand that pop culture. I'd like to, and I'd like to experience it. So I can, you know, it will make its way into the beer and I'll understand it better. It's something that, you know, I always feel is needed when you're making or designing a beer. I can try, but it always feels like disingenuous if you haven't been there or don't understand it. I, uh, I respect greatly that you are the Daniel Day Lewis of, uh, of Ontario brewers, that you are a method brewer. Uh, you feel like, okay. you, have, you feel like you <laughs> yeah. have to be there in the flesh in order to understand exactly how to bring that out. But it, it's, I totally agree with you on the pub culture because you know, in, in my peak beer drinking days when you could just throw them back and no consequences, right. When you're younger and, in those days, it's like, you know, I would go to places in Hamilton, like the Snooty Fox in Westdale when I was at McMaster. And, you know, you would go there, but it was, well, you know, are, are we going to go down to Hess? Are we going to go partying? Are we going to go clubbing? Are we going to, 
it was like, well, you know, maybe if I want to have like a really quiet night, I'll just like go with one of my friends and go to a pub and grab a picture and sit down and hang out. But for them, it, you're right. It's like a communal meeting hall. And I love that vibe. And I think that, that it is really important to be able to understand that in order to bring it through in its full capacity. And I'll say this as well. I am extremely in favor of Sada City just strapping a camera to Sam Corbet and sending him to England for a week. I'm a favorite. I'd love to see that. I just going, hey, Sam, go figure it out and let us see what happens. Well, you know, there there are every culture around the world. They all have these different um, ties to beer because beer is everywhere. And it's part of the that that's what makes beer, I think, great is that um, it is tied to the place and the time that they're from. And by learning about the beer, you learn about the culture almost by just so true. At the same time. And I mean, eventually down the road, when they look back at the 2020s and the 2015, right around that time, they're going to be like the hazy IPA craze. And they're going to look and it's going to tell you something about our time and it, how different the beer culture was from even 10 years ago. So I mean, it moves a bit faster now, but it's still it's about a time. It's about a place and it will tell you the history regardless. So, um, you know, and this is exactly the type of conversation that Flap Noodle is about just sitting around talking about yeah. stuff over a pint of beer and that's the purpose of this beer well it has a mission accomplished then i would say with flap doodle and again if you'd like to be able to pick it or anything else up from sawdust city beer go to sawdustcitybeer.com and of course follow them on social media at sawdust city beer is where you can get it delicious and wonderful as always sam thank you for sharing the creation and uh you know what for not being there it's pretty authentic okay cheers everybody <laughs>